once again to the Perimeter Church Podcast. We're pleased to bring you the message from this week's worship service. For more information about this message, this week's teacher, and to watch or see other messages, please visit our website at perimeter.org. We are taught this week by lead teacher Randy Pope. Thank you for joining us today. I know every week we have uh, new people who are with us. Last night in our service, I, I uh, was walking in and saw a family looking and said, now, tell me about uh, where is church and so forth. I found out they had uh, uh, they'd just come in, first time they've ever been to Perimeter. And uh, they actually saw our sign and, you know, said, let's, let's try church. They got a church service here at 5 o'clock. Let's, let's give it a shot. And, uh, and I know there are people every week, and certainly on Sunday, there's, you know, a lot of people that are coming brand new or not been a part of a series, and we love to do series here. It's a great way to, uh, to teach in a, in a more in-depth way, to be able to build and, and go through text in a, in, a, in a more significant way, I think. So I want to make sure you kind of understand where we are. We're in a series that's entitled Lovable Law, and I use the word lovable law because the law is to be loved, even as the psalmist says in uh, Psalm 119, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation day and night. That's how precious it is. But a lot of people don't view the law. Most people don't view the law that way. It's kind of, it's a restricting thing. It's something that is used to, to show me guilty. It's something that's used to punish me and to make me feel bad. And all the things that we dislike about the law, we haven't understood the law if that be the case. It is a lovable, lovable law. Now, our text is in Exodus 20. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn there with me. The... Uh, in the early first two weeks, I did an introduction. Uh, the introduction helped us understand the giving of the whole of the Ten Commandments. Now we're going into them one by one. Now, in doing so, we, we found verse 20 in chapter 20. And though I won't read it in its exact words, you can do so in your scriptures, but this is what he says at the end of bringing the Ten Commandments to the people of God. And the people are so afraid. And what he tells us is this. He says, I have come in order, and then there are two things that are mentioned in that. And I'll put them in my words. One is to test your love. Number two, to enhance your love. If you want to understand what's the Bible all about in terms of its commandments, it, is, it literally is to test us and to enhance the love that exists. There's a way we can say it, it helps us see who and whose we are. Are we in the true faith? Are we in love relationship with God or are we not? The law helps us to understand that. Those who love me and keep my commandments, that it is who loves me, Jesus says in John 15. And so it's, it's simply utilized in that way. The law will expose to us where we are and literally who we are. And then it, it shows us to be lacking always. And then what it does, it, it turns its function into, okay, I'm now not a spotlight as much as I'm a tutor. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tutor you to Jesus. And once you see Jesus, you're going to see the love. You're going to fall in love. The love relationship begins to build. And then as the law, what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to give you the ability through keeping my ways to fan the flames of a love relationship 
because the stipulations of a love relationship are being met. And that's what we talked about. Hey, what are the Ten Commandments? There's stipulations to a love relationship. What, what marriage that's a good marriage does not keep stipulations of faithfulness and all the things that come after it? So that's what this is, just to understand the, uh, the law. So we've gone through laws one and two. Law one, no other gods. That is God's way of saying, and I'll make it so simple, don't add to me. One God, I'm the true God, don't add any other gods, period. Number two law. Number two law is saying, don't subtract from me. So I don't want there to be any idols, I don't want any graven images, I don't want any likenesses of me, and I know that they're made to help understand me and to sense my presence, but it is reductionary, anything you can do, it is subtracting from who I am, and I do not want that, and we walk through why. So what we're doing in the message is we're talking about what does each commandment mean, and then we're asking the question, all right, why? Because it's so much better as children, not just to be told what to do, but to have an understanding behind the heart of the one giving the restrictions, if they may be that, of a parent and say, why are you telling me not to do that? That doesn't make sense to me. And when you understand the why, it makes it easier. So well, that's what we do as we walk through each of these different laws. Now, today we're in law three, and it's simply that we're not to take God's name in vain. A lot of misunderstanding about this one, so we'll dig in briefly and kind of understand it, make sure we can take something from it that's going to benefit. So let's look at the text in verse 7. Let's throw it up and read it. It says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Now the two questions, what does it mean? Number two, why is it required? Let's look at number one. If you have your insert of your outline, you can follow this very easily. Number one, what does it mean to take the Lord's name in vain? What does that mean? The word literally means the take. You shall not take the name. The word take has the idea to misuse, to bear, to carry. I like the word to wear because I love the analogy I used in the introduction about the ring, how important it is that, that you keep the ring on once you've said you are my spouse, you live like a spouse, and you wear the ring proudly, the name of the one you're married to. There's a, there's a connection there. Now, the use of name refers to either character or person, which is really the same. So he's saying you should not wear the name of Christ follower, of Christian. Don't wear my name, your lover, your God, don't take my character and name and make lightly of it. Don't wear it in vain. Now, the idea of vain, it's without sincerity or truthfulness. Don't wear my name without truth. Uh, don't wear my name insincerely. Don't, don't show off the ring and say, hey, I'm married. Look at me. I'm married. Look at me. I'm married. And then live like you're unmarried. Don't do that. That's not sincere. It's not truthful. And that's very important to God. Maybe to put it in, in one person, and I, couldn't, I could not remember. I had this in a, a note somewhere, and I, I could not remember who, uh, who may have said it. But any use of God's name which detracts from his perfect, holy 
character. Or I love G. Campbell Morgan. G. Campbell Morgan, one of the great preachers and commentators of Scripture in years past, he says, if men use the name of God, they must use it in a way which is true to its meaning and intention. And any use of the name of God which denies these and the character of God thereby revealed break his commandment. So just a simple understanding there. Now, there are two ways that we typically do this. And uh, I want you kids that are here particularly, listen carefully to this. And you'll, I think this will make, it'll be simple enough you can follow and know, oh, this is when I'm doing that which God says no. Two ways. Uh, first is, put it up, to commit evil with God's name. With God's name. Now, when I say with God's name, uh, I'm, I'm talking about wearing God's name, just what we're talking about. Don't do evil deeds wearing his name. That one, I think, is fairly understood, and people say, okay, got that. But let's just talk about a few of the practical ways, some of the most common ways that we violate that. And unfortunately, we think this is the only way. We think it's our language when I say something. Folks, it is so much more, though inclusive of, it is so much more than saying bad words. But profanity would be number one. I would put that one on the list. Profanity. Now, the word comes from, our word profanity comes from the Latin word, and it means outside the temple. Outside the temple. Well, why outside the temple? Well, think about it. Don't, don't use any language, and it's not just language. It includes far more thoughts, certainly our speech, our actions. Don't let any of that take place that could not be brought right inside the temple, and you feel very comfortable about having those thoughts, demonstrating those actions, using those words, whatever they are. If you feel okay inside the temple, that's a pretty good measurement. Now, it would include, okay, what movies? Would I watch this movie within the temple? Would I be someone who would give that joke? Would I have that conversation? Would I use the language, whatever, would I do that? Now, I happen to, uh, as you know, be a preacher. And preachers are supposedly pure people, right? They're good guys, they don't do bad stuff and all that. So I am constantly mixing it up with lost people. I am constantly building friendships, have deep, deep relationships with, with people who are outside my belief system, who don't uh, agree with me, but, uh, but they because we are friends. They say, well, let's spend time and we get together and we play tennis or golf through the years, whatever it may be. And, uh, and I, I love that. But oh my goodness, what a different standard of behavior. I can tell you story after story of being playing tennis with somebody. And uh, maybe we're in a doubles match and a couple of my friends and one of their friends is playing. We're playing against them and it's blankety, 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 name of God. And then Maybe afterwards or sometime, well, Randy, what do you do? Oh, man. This is not going to make you feel good. I said, well, actually, I pastor a church, and I mean, as soon as I say pastor, oh, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I am, oh, my goodness, what did, oh, gosh, I cannot, I am so sorry. 
Now, do you, know, do you know how I respond to that? Maybe people say, how do you respond when people are using the name of our precious God in an inappropriate way? And how do I tell, what do I tell my children? How do I deal with this kind of thing? I'll just tell you how I do it. When I hear something like that, first thing I do, I take my hands and I cover my ears like this. <laughs> and I grimace with my face. And I go, no, no, no. That is my holy God. And I have virgin ears. You cannot use that language around me. Well, you know I don't do that. No way. Do you know what I do? Nothing. And I say, you know what? You be you, and I'll be me. And let's just be exactly who we are. And I think that's the best thing we can do. And you, be, you can be okay with what you're doing. I'll be okay with what I'm doing. But let's just carry on, okay? Let's not make this thing, I can't, I got to be different because I'm with you. Please don't do that. That would really be offensive to me. Would that be okay? Do you know why I would do that? Because I would much rather change their heart than to change their language. And the day I say, I would prefer you not to use that language around me, would you please stop that immediately? That's offensive to me. It's offensive to the name of God. And I'm going to tell you in his name, stop right now. You will never, ever, ever win that person. Never. Give it up. But when you can say, hey, you be you, I'll be me, and let's be friends. And then you start befriending and befriending and befriending. Let me tell you. They'll go, okay, it's okay to be with this guy. Even though he is different. And even their language may even change a bit. Typically it does. And they'll say, I'm going to clean it up around him, even though I'm not asking it. That's their business, not mine. Let's talk about, for a minute, let's talk about the idea of what do you do as parents with your children? Now, every parent that's got their kids exposed to any of the real world, which is not a bad thing to have exposure, not that we don't protect them and they can't be touching, they're going to come home from somewhere and they've heard, and it, may, it could be a Christian school for that matter, it does, but they're going to hear somebody use foul language and they may, without any intention of evil or thought, not even knowingly, they will use a wrong word. They'll have vulgarity. And you go, whoa, where did you hear that? I heard, I heard Billy say it. He, you know, they don't know. And then it gets worse because they know exactly what that word means and they know it's a word that should not be used and they bring it and you're saying, I can't imagine, what kind of language are you picking up? What are you doing? And it's just coming out of the heart, the real deal. So what do we do as parents? I make these suggestions. I'd say to the parent, first, you keep modeling. Now, if you're using the profanities. And by the way, how do you know it's profanity? Do you ever figure out who set these to be bad words and these are good? Do you ever wonder who, who, who set that up? Well, it's, it's the stuff that come out of a, a, an ill-intended heart that become attached to become known to be. And so you just ask, would you take that into the temple, either by the way it's known today or the reason it came to begin with? Would you take that into the temple? Probably not. Then that means, okay, it fits the category. Shouldn't be used. So you, you want to model. If they're seeing you at your peak of anger or whatever, use vulgarity, then they'll say, hey, I don't need to get to my peak. You use it when you choose that it's best for you or when you're ready for it. I'll use it when I'm ready for it. And there it goes. So you got to model. That's not necessarily going to stop it, but you model it. Number two, you discipline. You discipline. 
for it, but you discipline with the idea that you're not trying to change their behavior, uh, their, uh, their language, you're trying to see their heart change, which by the way, can you change your child's behavior, yes or no? You can, you, you can, discipline well enough, you can change their behavior. Can you change their heart? You cannot change their heart. You cannot do that. Only God can change the heart. But if you let them know the motive behind your discipline, the motive behind your modeling is simply to say, I want you to know it is my intention to help to see God change your heart. I'm doing this because God says to discipline those you love and to correct, correct them. And that, you know, we're foolish not to correct our children and to discipline our children. So I'm doing this so that your heart can be open and warm when the Lord, love of the Lord makes us, I, you know, I just, that's why I'm doing it. And if they know that's why you're doing it, not just to change your behavior, but to see their heart change, the greatest opportunity to see life change. The third and final thing I would ask, add to that little list is I would say uh, be creative, uh, just uh, creative discouragement. Some of you have heard me share this, and I think I, I use this not too often long ago, but I'll repeat it many newcomers. My dad was very, he's not a Christian, but he was pretty smart uh, about in this arena. I never, ever, ever once heard him use vulgarity. Now, this is not, his, not a Christian, but no vulgarity. He wouldn't do that. Now, he had his own share of sins, but they wouldn't, he thought this was not good. To, so uh, when I would be with him, with his buddies as a little child, I remember hearing it over and over. He'd be with somebody and they'd use vulgarity in my presence. And my father would have me closest to him. And just where only I could hear it, not the other party, he would do this little sound. He would go, just like that. I go, what is that? And then carry on. And then guy uses another word and he goes. So finally I asked him, I said, what is the, what's that clicking noise you're doing with your mouth? What, what is that all about? He said, oh, 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 I shouldn't probably do that, I guess. Uh, I hope you didn't hear me, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he said, oh, I do that because I just feel sorry for people who use language like that. And I said, why is that? Well, it just says one of two things. It either says, number one, they got a very, very poor vocabulary, and they're out of words, and they're trying to find something to say, and they'll throw it in, which means they're not very smart or educated, I don't know. Or... And it typically does just mean that they're very insecure people and they don't want to appear insecure. And so they think by using those words, they can deceive whoever is there and to make them think that they're really, uh, you know, tough. So, you know what? I just feel sorry for either uneducated, uh, you know, people or, or, or people who are not very smart and people who are insecure. I just feel sorry for those people. And I find myself just going, that is so sad. That is so sad. So I'm in the locker room and, you know, ball practice or whatever, and somebody, bleep, 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 and I go, <laughs> say, why are you doing that? Well, I guess I heard it so much. And so kids, when you hear your buddies and your friends, and they think this is, this is good stuff, you may just want to go, <laughs> best reminder I could give you. Let's move on to number two, frivolity. Frivolity. For the young people here that might not know that and many adults, joking flippantly about God. It is uh, basically being disrespectful, making light of God's character. And I think you know what I'm talking about there. Let's look at number three. 
Number three would be hypocrisy. And here I'm talking about spiritual hypocrisy. Uh, it's basically camouflaged spiritual insincerity. We're trying to make it appear that we are a spiritual people when we're really not, but we would like for people to think we are. There are a lot of people going to church today for that very reason. A churchgoer has a higher respect that, hey, I would expect you to be a spiritual person because I, and I want to feel like a spiritual person. I want you to think I'm a spiritual person. So I'll go to church and you'll know I'm a spiritual person. So easily self-deceived because many people who are falling into spiritual hypocrisy do not have, they don't have a problem with vulgarity. They may not have any kind of problem with uh, frivolity. They don't, they're, they're, they're not going to say the jokes. They're not going to do the stuff. They're going to show displeasure. But it's really a spiritual hypocrisy. It is lip service without life sacrifice. And God hates it. And why shouldn't he hate it? We certainly do. He would too. So our number one question, what does it mean? Do you understand now you know, what it means? Uh, it, it can mean that, number one, it's, it's basically doing evil in, um, uh, with, uh, with God's basic name. It's just being evil with or carrying God's name. Let me give you a second. This is very brief, but it's a big, big part of this command. And we'll put it up. It's to commit evil in God's name. Now, what I'm talking about there, I'm talking about now people taking God's name in vain because of their God. Not in spite of their God, like we've just been talking. Oh, I've got, I carry God, and, but in spite of that, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll talk this way, I'll do that. Yeah, this is doing evil in the name of God. And we're talking about here religious people doing things like torturing and killing people in the name of their religion. It's the idea of, of doing whatever we choose to do, though it violates whatever God says, because I got a higher call, and that is I want to hold up the name of my God and I'll do this, whether it be the crusaders between the 1100 and 1600s, whether it be the, the, the religious crusades, whether it be what we're seeing now in the, the militant jihadists who in the name of their God saying, I will do this because of God, and they use the name of God right as they are doing their evil deeds. I'm going to suggest to you that is a major reason you're going to see such a strong, strong punishment that's attributed to this one command. So it's taking the name of the Lord in vain, committing evil with God's name. So with God's name and now in God's name. Two ways that we can do it. Do you understand what that is? So just to understand what the meaning of this, don't take the name of the Lord. Hopefully you say, okay, I think I got that a little bit. Now here's the closure here. We, uh, uh, we'll close the second point and then I'll make a quick conclusion. But the second point is answering the question, well, why? Why does God give this? What's his intention behind it? So why is there such a severe penalty for taking God's name in vain? I think we answer the question of why he does it if we can answer why the severe penalty. So if you look with me at the, uh, at the end of, of um, the text, uh, B part of the text, 
after it says you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, it says, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Do you know it's the only commandment that has a specific punishment attributed to it? Not just a consequence, but we're talking about a punishment given to it. And we go, well, why would that be? Why would it be? Here's the reason. Young people hear this. It damages the reputation of God. A perfect holy God who should have a perfect holy set apart reputation finds his reputation to be whittled down to something far beneath what the deserve of that name is. They don't do that. You know, it's logical. You and I, we hate to hear insincerity, whether it's spiritual or even not. There's something about insincerity that just kind of gets to us. Think about it. Do you ever flip through the television through station years ago? Maybe you don't do that now. But, but, uh, and you come across a tele-evangelist, and you see that, and only for seconds, and it's a slick-talking televangelist, and something inside of you goes, you, I can't even look at this. This is repulsive to me. Or you think of somebody who's a, uh, a politician who's so self-centered, and you see them get up and make their speech, and very glowingly, oh, I'm doing this for the sake of, and I care for, and I want to help the, and you know deep inside, you know that person is as wicked and evil, and they don't want that at all. They're looking out for them. They're saying something and living something else, and something in us is repulsed, and we say, no, I don't want that. Can you imagine God? Perfect God. His reputation is being whittled down every day by everybody. And he hates it. Have any of you, any of you uh, had your reputation shattered inappropriately? I bet we all probably have some story. Well, many of you know, I've said it before, uh, reputation is right at the very top of my list, uh, maybe the number one, I don't know, of my top idols that are inappropriate now having a good reputation is a good thing and to and to work toward a good reputation is a good thing but you remember idols are something that we say though it be good something you feel you have to have in order to be satisfied if not man something happens i kind of become a wreck because i can't have that and therefore i can't live life well i have to say that's that would be in my top list i'm saying god protect me keep me from here this is my challenge well no lord please don't let me that's always there I had my reputation shattered in a way I have never before nor since ever experienced. I couldn't believe how devastated that it brought me. It was early in the life of our ministry, but our church was growing and good things were happening. And a peer of mine in ministry willingly allowed me to be accused and assumed guilty for something very bad that I had no knowledge of no participation in nothing whatsoever and this friend of mine who was a dear friend who was the one 100% responsible for the problem who had had the situation that brought about the criticism that person allowed me to be viewed as the one who did it and even so much as in private would say I know it wasn't you it's me but I'm having to do this because because I think you can, you can handle your reputation being hurt now. Mine is, mine is too thin at this point. And I, I'm sorry, but i got to protect me, not you. 
And it was just a situation where I, I couldn't by myself just defend myself without him. He was the only one who, who could have, have, have kept my reputation. And he chose not to do it. It crushed me. And I heard things about me and words flying about what I had done and how could I do that. And, and I'm going, I didn't do it. But I couldn't even say that. It just sounded like I was defending myself, being dishonest. And if I did say I didn't do it, and I did, I said I didn't do it. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't believe me because it was so bad. They were so hurt by what I'd done, which I hadn't done. I can remember getting a phone call right in the midst of that from Jim Baird, one of the two men that have so mentored me, 20 years my senior. I look up to so much. And he called me for whatever reason I do not know, but he called me. I answered the phone. I heard his voice. And he said, Randy, Jim Baird here, how are you doing? And I started bawling. I started heaving so hard I couldn't speak. He got so concerned, I remember him saying, and I couldn't come with the breath to answer. He said, did Carol die? Have you lost a child? Tell me what's happened. And you know, though, this doesn't compare the way I felt right then, it compared. And I tasted what it is to have a reputation that was rightfully good in that arena to be shattered. And nothing seemed to hurt me worse. And folks, can you imagine a perfect holy God and his reputation being shattered by you and by me and certainly by people who hate God? His reputation being shattered. And he says, no, I won't let that go unpunished. Proverbs 22.1, a good name is more desirable than riches. He's the author of that. He knows. You know, the severity of punishment is interesting if you don't look it up. But if you, would, if you look through scripture, you would, you would see how strongly God underscores this. In Leviticus 24, there is a story of a man who blasphemed the capital N name, the name of God, which is God. And God required that person to be stoned to death. If you know the story of Achan, there was insincerity about a, a man who, when Ai was, or when Jericho was taken, and uh, he took some of the spoils and he hit them for his own good. And God had said not to do that. The next little city should be an easy win after Jericho and they lose the battle at Ai and God says the reason is because there's somebody in the camp who's been been insincere about the things related to me they've lied without saying a word you know they they God had him put to death well that's Old Testament yeah that's Old Testament no it's not it's Old Testament and New Testament you remember the story in Acts of Ananias and Sapphira they showed themselves as if they were making an offering of one thing which was really not what they were offering it was a portion of the whole and they were by saying nothing were lying to God and God had their lives to be taken right there it's just a way for God to say I want you to know this third commandment is critically critically important but I want you to know this, it's not just important because of what it does to the reputation of God, though that is enough in and of itself. It's because God says, you know, if you come into a love relationship 
and you bring insincerity and you start living like you're not married when you are and particularly when you start doing evil things saying I can do this because I'm married and using your marriage as a reason for doing wrong things God says you're going to lose your love relationship it's not going to be what you're looking for you're not going to be fanning any flames to that love relationship you're going to be dousing it with water but at the other side is you'll know that if you're doing this and you keep doing it it doesn't seem to bother you you're doing it then don't assume that you do have the name of God this is a test to find out are you really mine or are you not now let me conclude the question who's not violated this law well of course none of us have been free of violating any of the laws but certainly we say no, well none of us have well what should the penalty be for you and me by violating this law by taking his name in vain well it should be the death penalty God does not have to give the death penalty even if we deserve it on this earth but he says I will give the death penalty in eternity and so it is a it is a pure standard but he says I can take the life now but the, the life that does that is not going to go unpunished meaning if that's the way you live life don't expect that it oh this is a commandment I can break and it's no big deal it is a big deal we deserve death but remember that law that law is not just a spotlight shining on us to say hey look at the bad stuff in your life look how you're taking the name of the Lord in vain oh you should feel bad about this this is wrong you no 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 it's to make you do that so that the law can also be a tutor and the tutor is going to say come on let me take you to Jesus this is going to be the way you can get rid of this issue in terms of the punishment the guilt everything that goes with it in terms hey you just come here to the law and and meet the meet the law or meet Jesus let the law take you to Jesus as a tutor you meet Jesus and then he says hey I will do the death thing for you death has got to be the penalty for your sin I'll pay that penalty and then you can live forever and ever and you will be my child you will carry the name of me and you'll be my ambassador to live for me from this point on how's that for a deal seeker it is the greatest offer ever made to mankind and if you're sitting here saying well but you know I, I don't know maybe I'm not in a relationship let me tell you let Jesus do for you what you have to one day do for yourself and that's die let him die for you then he empowers you by his spirit you come into his family and then you see the law and it becomes a lovable law and you say oh I want to meditate on that law that's good because the more I keep the law boy the hotter my love relationship gets and the hotter the love relationship gets the more my God that I love is glorified and the more I find blessing in this life why wouldn't I want to do that now what about Christians what about Christians the standard for the capital N name for the name of God the standard is in the Lord's Prayer it's hallowed be thy name I try to pray that every morning hallowed be thy name Lord what I'm saying is God I want your reputation to be lifted up and exalted and I want it to happen because of me somehow today by who I talk to how I 
how I greet and befriend and how I, you know, invite them and all that. And just the way I can serve people who are hurting, what I can say that would encourage. But God, would you let me, would you allow me to, to hallow your name and let people think highly of you because of me? That's all it is. It's a passion, a growing passion for that. Hallowed be thy name. Many of you know the name Crawford Loritz. Crawford's a dear friend, great, great man of God, great pastor. I was with him this last week. He's at a church uh, uh, over on the, on the other side of town, uh, Fellowship Bible Church. And he and I were together, and he, he shared a story. He said, you know, my, my dad, I had some siblings, but I was the guy that they were, my parents were more concerned about. The way I'd live, what I'd do, and what I'd say. And he said, my dad would grab me as I was walking out the door. And he'd look at me and he'd say, remember, boy, your name, it's Loritz. Remember, boy, your name is Loritz. I heard that and I thought, wow, isn't God saying to us every day as we wake up and begin our day, isn't he really saying, remember, child, your name is Christ follower. Go go exalt my name. Go lift up our name. Let them know who I am. Let them see the clearest picture possible. And with all that insincerity that's floating in your heart and life, as it is in mine every day of my life, why don't you just go to me and ask forgiveness, cleansing, and power that you can overcome that. That's what Christian living is all about. Don't ever think. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain. It's just simply saying don't use bad words. It's far more than that. Inclusive, but more. And understand the reason he's telling us not to do it is for your and my good. Good enough with that? Let's take it. Let's run with it. As we pray together, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we do thank you for the privilege to be able to call you our God, to be able to see a law, And know that even if we're not yours, that law is for our good. Even to drive us to that which is good, to you yourself. For the many of us here that are Christians, we pray for each of us that we might find ourselves captured by your law, loving your law, seeing new insight into your law that causes us to embrace it and love it all the more, but only to the end that we love you more, which is the ultimate outcome. May your name be truly honored. May our passion for you as Christians be so grand that we would use a life, a very brief life you give us, to be well spent to the end that your name is exalted. Use us in that way we pray. In the great name of Christ our Savior, amen. You've been listening to the Perimeter Church Podcast. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at www.perimeter.org for more information, to give us your feedback, and find other messages from our teaching team. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your day.